0: Welcome to the Science of Abundance Daily Alchemy Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Clayton, and my story's pretty interesting. I went through a ton of trauma, former incarceration, suicide attempts, sexual abuse in my life. And one of the things that's happened in my life is I've actually used hermetic principles, alchemy, all these really cool tools that we hear and we talk about, the Illuminati, whatever you want to call it, and develop practices in order to change and affect my lives differently. So within this podcast I will be giving tidbits and bites for individuals to be able to bite into on a daily basis that will allow you to take baby steps to change your life but at some point you'll find the door that starts to change the effect of how you show up on a daily basis. Enjoy this, give feedback, come to my Instagram, comment, whatever it might be always open, because we wouldn't be here without each other. Please enjoy, and thank you, and I love you. All right, I'm so damn excited to talk about this one, because it was one that I would never go super deep into. It was just like, oh yeah, that makes sense. You know, the all is mine, the universe is mental, or I'd phrase it my own way, the universe is mental and the mind of the all, or yeah, and it sounds like just like, for most people, it's, doesn't land. <laughs> so I mean, And and I I sense that on the hermetic side, it does make sense. And I've always distilled it down to this thoughts become things. And Wayne Dyer did a really good job of explaining that one. But it was also one of those deals where it, 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 it is a little bit out there. It's a little esoteric. It's a little strange, the way that the words are constructed. And it can land so much more simple. And the actual utility And the way that we can understand it on a daily basis, I I sense once we're done with this podcast, is really going to go deep within the way that we all think, how we can action from it, and how it will build from a different aspect of all these other laws. So, what does it mean? And, And when you read about it, even the definitions are like kind of vague. It's like, okay, well, yeah, the universe is mental, the mind is all, all is the mind, and all this other stuff. And it's like, okay, what is the mind, number one? Let's talk about that. What is the all? Let's talk about that. Let's talk about what it means to be mental. And let's talk about the universe. So, you know, these are kind of the core words of this statement that was stood up many, many moons ago. And so I'm going to go through that first. And then I'm going to go through talking about these a different way to phrase it. So a different way to phrase it really quickly is life, mind, truth, love, and spirit is all in all. So that breaks it down a little bit easier, right? Cause yeah, life is in everything. The mind is in everything. The truth is in everything. Love is in everything and spirit is in everything. And then when you say, well, everything, these five attributes are in everything, which is the universe. And it's all interconnected. Then all these things just flow from one point. And that's the, universe, the universality of things, of how it actually sits. Let's talk about, number one, what is the all, okay? The all is, we can call it God, we can call it source, but it is also, from the law of correspondence, and not to jump ahead, it is everything that's around you. It is you. So if you are the all, and everything outside of you is the all, then what does that mean? That there is no separation or distance from it. And so, one thing that we have put context into is we've got this brain that sits up here. We call it our mind, which in some ways it is because it's the thought mover. It spurs an idea. Something comes into it. Many times we force those ideas off of past constructs. That's not, it is the mind. It's thinking brain, but it's not necessarily that spirit that stillness that brings you an aspect of wholeness that is your higher self, that is the all communicating with you about your divine plan. So when we start to go through contextualizing life off of past constructs or off of other individuals' beliefs or off of fear-based aspects of things which are just other people's constructs because we are built from this full aspect of love, then what happens is we get away from the mind, we get away from the all, and we get into these like little shuddering states to find our way back to it. So the beautiful thing is, is that all of it's a path back to self because none of us have any interest in feeling the way that we feel when we do that. The reason we have anxiety, the reason we have mental health issues is because we get stuck in this whole little rhythmic cycle to find our way back to our whole selves. And when it doesn't feel good, we want to do things to have it feel better, right? And so we do these things like, substance abuse or lie or have sexual addictions or whatever you want to call it in order to get back to it because that starts to like euthanize the pain and then we start to put more pain on top of pain which we think makes it go away and it temporarily does but it does not have any staying power in it. So, you've got that, which is the all, right? The all is this like interconnectedness of everything that everything is source, everything is God, everything is oneness, and that the mind, which we just talked about as well, is this connection to the higher source that has all of this divine plan that's there. And that divine plan that lives there is constantly, and I mean constantly being showered and bombarded on you. You just got to be opened up to receive it. That's the biggest thing about it. When you're not open to receive it, it just kind of like, Hammers all over you, and your body's trying to figure out how to get to it. And you're playing with the radio dial, looking for some song that isn't even your song to listen to. So, now what is the universe? Okay. So, the universe is the visual perception of everything that we see. Okay. It is our creation. So, when I open my eyes and I see the world around me, that is my universe. My universe can be very big. My universe can be very small. It's all based on how I open my eyes and what I see. If I close the door to my room and sit in my room, this is all I ever know. That's my universe. That's it. If I walk outside of my room and I start to venture out and see other things outside of it, well, now my universe got a little bit bigger. If I open my aperture to these cool thing around technology now and then I get out there on social media and I start to expand more, wow, my universe got a lot bigger. If I watch something on TV and I'm now starting to pull in information, it got a little bit bigger. Now, the trick is, is my ability to influence that universe has to do with this next thing that has, you know, that is mental. So I can either create things out of scarcity and lack, or I can create things out of wholeness and abundance. So if I create things out of scarcity and lack, then what am I going to be witnessing on a daily basis from that aspect of mentalism? The mentalism aspect of it is not just what I think, it's also what I feel. If you ever go to one of Dr. Joe dispenses retreats, you know, he talks about, you know, feel that feeling, remember that feeling. Because when you get deep into these meditations and you start doing something, if you can remember that feeling, you can always kind of train your mind or your brain to start doing what the heart wants or what the heart intends. And if we can do what the heart intends, then you connect this thing between the actual brain and the heart. And that's what I call mental. Whatever you feel connects to what you think. And when it does that, it creates a universe outside of you. So the universe is mental. Whatever that is, is going to be what you receive. Whatever you, whatever you see, that's the thoughts become things aspect of it, right? So whatever I think is tied to my heart and my feelings, and then outside of me what happens is I then start to create this very permanent reality. If we always think we're going to be poor, we're going to be poor. If we think we're going to die, we're going to die. If we think we're going to be you know, overweight, we're going to be overweight. If we think we're going to be sick, we're going to be sick. If we think we're going to be sad, we're going to be sad, right? Whatever it is we think is going to be. It always is. Think about your life. Is there ever a time that you have been like, man, I'm going to think and feel a loving thought and that loving action did not show up in your life? It always does. Every damn time. It's when you doubt it, even doubt it just a little bit. And this is where we're going to go next about the gentleness of the spirit, because it's such a delicate, gentle thing that when we mismanage it, it just creates rapid shuddering effects. And the trick about it is you can't be afraid of it. When you're afraid of it and you do something in gentleness of being too tender, nothing ever happens because you're not actually standing in confidence. And I'll use a couple of examples about correspondence in our real life, how we can see these things come to life. But it, it, it requires a different kind of stroke. It requires a different kind of delicacy. In order to be able to confidently handle what the spirit is capable of which is this first law the first law all it is is the law of spirit really if you really get down to it and that your spirit is connected to everything in life everything in mind everything in truth and that truth is that middle point it's the space that sits in the middle of the duality everything in love And it is this like etherealness, but it is so damn real. And what I used to hate, and I'm going to use that word, about people talk about spirituality, is the only thing I didn't like about it is I didn't feel grounded. And so I liked it for a minute when I was trying to escape this freaking world. But then when I realized that you can't escape this world because your body's in it, and when you do it, all you're doing is hurting yourself because you're going on these little bliss journeys and chasing something outside of your mind and you're not grounding what you're doing and we call that spirituality, it almost creates this distance from reality which is why so many individuals in life look at us spiritual individuals and be like, you guys are too damn woo-woo, you're weird and I can't get anything done with you which actually can be really right sometimes. So for those of you who have had some really awkward experiences, I'm gonna invite you back to look at this a different way. Now, when we look at this a different way, it's about us being able to understand that the spirit is hella delicate, hella gentle. If, and and let's use like water, for instance, if I have a really still, let's say, plane of water or body of water, and I put a little boat out on the water and I just set it out there, and let's say it's, it's something that I can just tap the water, what happens to that boat? That boat's going to kind of shake and jostle a little bit, right? That is me having an intention somewhere else on that water, which is just like a thought. I just tap it and all of a sudden the boat over there starts to ripple. Every action that we take impacts something outside of us. Lightly, gently, depending on you could assume the distance depending on the ferocity that we tap that water with, depending on the intention of what we mean to do with that water. This is why integrity is so important when you have a specific intention. So your intention can be like super pure, but if you don't do anything about it, all of a sudden you create this whole other aspect of ripple effects because what happens is, let's say for instance, I'll use an example. I tell you when I'm talking to you, I'm going to, I don't know, cook dinner tonight. So now what you do is you say, okay, I have a very specific now agreement. You have to call an expectation an agreement that you're going to cook dinner. And then when I don't cook dinner, what happens is, is you're sitting there on the couch, or next to me, or whatever it might be. You're like, well, where the hell's dinner at? And then you start to get hungry. You now have an entire agreement built within your body, your stomach, your plans for the evening to receive dinner based on what somebody's intention is, but then the person just doesn't follow through. So now when they don't follow through, what ends up happening? You're like, well, shit, I'm going to have to do something about this. So now you start making waves, and you start creating different solutions in your life that sometimes are out of resentment, sometimes out of survival, sometimes out of whatever it might be in order to take care and satisfy yourself. In this case, it's feeding yourself. And then what happens is, is because you can now integrate that, you go back to the other person, well, I'm just going to get us dinner. And then what is the other person doing that? They feel guilty because they didn't follow through with it. And then there's another ripple effect. So now imagine that there's this boat out on the water that's not even you guys in this conversation and both of you are now creating non-synchronous actions toward the intent of what's taking place in that water because now one person feels guilty and now that's just like an incoherent splash the other person needs to feed themselves because they're freaking hungry and one person starts to resent the other person because they don't even want to eat what that other person wanted to do the other person's not getting aggravated because hell if you would have just followed through what you said what you're going to do there's this now you have all this disagreement The water's starting to splash. What happens? You have a little tidal wave happen and now the boat capsizes and it's not even you on the boat. The boat's somewhere else. Every action that we take in this law of mentalism is impacting boats that are all around us that have absolutely everything to do with us but nothing to do with the way that we perceive. And this is why the universe is so important because then what will happen is is you'll walk out and walk your dog out of frustration you'll see five other people walking their dog. That energy that you're carrying From that conversation that you had inside of your house is now impacting everybody out there on the road that energy that you're carrying all of a sudden creates a different reality of what you are now receiving outside of you and sometimes it takes another person just passerby to just say hi to you in a really nice way and all of a sudden it just resets everything because you remember that you created that person to love you and they're just a person that's just nice nice Attitude, great energy, says hello, and you're like, oh, that was cool that they said hello. To me. You just gave yourself a little bit of a reset. So the beautiful thing about it is, is that just like nature and life and everything else that happens in this universe, it's constantly resetting itself. And so even if you have a rough moment or a low vibration moment, you can move into a high vibration moment because you are going to create avatars in your life in order to love you. This is the whole law of mentalism, the law of the spirit. The spirit is so delicately connected. Now, if for instance, that person says hi to you and they pass you by and you say, well, fuck you <laughs> because you don't want to be dealt with. Now, all of a sudden you're now collapsing the opportunity for you to reset yourself. So the interesting thing about this law of mentalism or the universe is mental, and the mind of the all, or the all is mine and the universe is mental, however we want to put it, is the fact that it's all so delicate. So a couple of action items to take from this is number one, be really delicate and gentle with your thoughts. I mean, like really feel them. We got these feelings for a reason, okay? Feel what you're thinking. Know what you're thinking is, is it high vibration? Is it low vibration? Am I in love with this moment? Am I not in love with this moment? It is going to create infinite ripple effects. Like I'm talking infinite ripple effects, everything that we think. So when we can be pure of thought, which they talk about in the Bible, they talk about it in the Quran, and they talk about it in the Torah, talk about it in Buddhism, talk about it everywhere. Be pure of thought. Very challenging to be pure of thought, right? But if you feel your thoughts, you become pure of thought. Now, if you have a crazy thought and you feel it, and you're able to then alchemize it through those feelings, because the feelings are the great alchemizer, then you'll start to change those thoughts, and you won't place awkward intentions and in integrations and create different realities. Because the good thing about it is we can hold it within, we can make those changes immediately, and we can start shifting timelines. And this is the beautiful thing about making adjustments in the lens of the mind. So be gentle with your thoughts. Move them into a high vibration. Understand that everything, and I mean everything, is interconnected. Your universe is what you perceive. So the more that you perceive, the more that you're responsible for, the more that you're around the more you're responsible for. You are responsible for all that you're creating in life. This is to the Ho'oponopono thing. You are fully responsible for everything you sense and perceive. So when you recognize that there are no bystanders that are just out there, just like not being impacted, you are connected to it all. So as you recognize you're connected to it all and you have that aspect of responsibility to it, if you do nothing else, but go through the process of becoming gentle with the way you feel your thoughts, your life will completely change as long as you move it into the higher vibration aspect of being the faster vibration, and you can get yourself into a system and a practice in order to adjust your life that way. So I'll leave you with that. On the next episode, we're going to go into correspondence and how all this stuff is interconnected, how you can start paying attention to those miracles, how you can see when you do have that thought and that feeling, what starts to take place and how it impacts everything around you and how we have left ourselves so many clues historically of how to be able to recognize the interconnectedness of all of this stuff. And when we can see that, then we can give ourselves literally the playbook that has been written and all this crazy stuff has been coming up on Instagram around like time travel stories and so on and so forth but we can give ourselves all of these different stories to be able to now ground ourselves with a playbook of how we walk through life today. So we don't have to make the same mistakes of the past. I thank you again for listening to this. I did the damn 18 minute thing again. I'm sorry. <laughs> but if you finished it with me, I love you again. Um, I'm going to get this thing a little bit more consensus, but these things are kind of complex. I mean, as much as they don't really talk about it in that way, they're, they're more complex than we are giving it credit for but they're also very simple, but it needs to have a good understanding that is grounded and rooted so that we know how to action off of it because of the Kabailon. I love the book. I love the Emerald Tablets. I love all this stuff. It's hella complex in the way that it is written. It's written in all this old English and we just have to get it into new world speak so we know what to do with it. And I know this will move a couple of people and I really do appreciate you guys for listening and I love you.